Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with an important announcement. Before we get to today's show, this podcast is moving. We're packing things up this week. And starting next Tuesday, February 20th, you can find this show in the Seattle Now podcast feed. Seattle Now is an awesome daily news podcast from KUOW. And as of next week, we will be part of that show. Simply search Seattle Now in your podcast app and hit subscribe. And we'll see you over there next Tuesday. Okay, on to today's show. It is Monday, February 12th. Our top story today, the Seattle Police Department is being described as a good old boys club in a new report and is now under fresh scrutiny for its treatment of female officers. A recent report depicts a department where female cops are sexually harassed, discriminated against, and passed over for promotions. Editor Isolde Raftery has been reporting on the development. I've been hearing from women in the department that it actually is just the tip of the iceberg, that they couldn't go into more depth with more details in the report because those women would be easily identifiable. The reason the report was done in the first place is because SPD took part in a national project to help it recruit more women cops. Many female officers said they would not recommend joining Seattle's department to other women. Chief Adrian Diaz received this report in September. Seattle police did not respond to an emailed request for comment. You can find more on this reporting at KUOW.org. To raise or not to raise, Renton is voting this week on whether to hike its minimum wage to one of the highest in the nation. Workers at large companies would get an increase of nearly 25 percent. David Hyde has more. Guillermo Sasueta is running the campaign to raise the minimum wage in Renton. He says the hike to over 20 bucks an hour for large employers is needed due to skyrocketing costs for housing and other basics. We have tens of thousands of working families in Renton that are working uh, long hours, maybe two to three jobs, and trying to make ends meet. And we are leaving those folks behind. If it passes, Renton's wage would match Tukwila's, which is now the highest in the country. Groups opposed include the Renton Chamber of Commerce. CEO Diane Dobson says the wage hike would lead to job losses and reduced hours for employees. Ballots for this special election are due in drop boxes or postmarked by no later than 8 p.m. tomorrow. David Hyde, KUOW News. There could be limits coming to where people can carry guns out in the open. The Washington State Senate approved a bill Friday that makes it illegal to openly carry a firearm at zoos, aquariums, bus stops, and public libraries. Senator Javier Valdez wants this bill passed so kids and families can feel safer in public. Without fear of intimidation by folks who may be parading around with their weapons um, openly carrying. This bill comes in the same week that Hawaii's Supreme Court made a major gun rights decision that people cannot carry a gun anywhere in public without a permit to do so. Washington's doesn't go so far, but critics still call it an infringement on gun rights, including Senator Keith Wagner. Whether or not it's a right that we exercise for ourselves, it's our duty in this chamber to uphold those rights. This now heads to the House for consideration. (music) 
And a couple more state legislature bills have our attention today. The House has passed a bill to require financial literacy classes in Washington's high schools. It got unanimous support in the House last week with the goal of preventing young people from making poor financial decisions. Ashen Joshi is a high school student in Kennewick, and he spoke to lawmakers. Most of us are brought up learning that we need money to survive, but not learning how to manage money to thrive. But with this bill, we make sure financial literacy is a fundamental right to all students. We not only create better futures for our youth going forward, but we create better futures for their future families as well. Under the proposal, students graduating in 2031 would be required to learn financial literacy. The bill now heads to the state Senate. And Washington Senate has passed a bill that sets out to help bees and other pollinators survive here. It would encourage landowners to plant pollinator-friendly gardens and could offer incentives for public works that include pollinator habitat. Those often involve native plant species, wildflowers, and grasses that attract bees. On top of that, cities and homeowners associations would not be allowed to ban beehives. Only one senator voted no, and the bill goes next to the House. And that brings us to our next story. Air pollution is making it hard for some flowers to get pollinated. That's according to a new study in the journal Science. It's all about smell. The study found that exhaust from cars and smokestacks can alter the fragrances that flowers emit to attract pollinators. Jeff Riffle is a biology professor at the University of Washington. That degradation of the scent is sufficient enough that these pollinators can no longer recognize the flower. The study finds that air in many regions is polluted enough to prevent bees and moths from finding pollen at all. That could hurt food production since many crops rely on flying pollinators to bear fruit. Transitioning away from fossil fuel combustion would help flowers smell even sweeter. And the good news is that the nitrate pollution that is blunting flowers' fragrances has been decreasing in the U.S. due to regulations. In food news today... Longtime outdoor market Rising Sun Produce in the Ravenna neighborhood is closed indefinitely. Early Friday morning, a fire swept through and destroyed all the food and even melted the store's cash registers. According to King 5 News, no one was hurt and it is unclear how this fire started. The market's owner, Virgil Goodwin, says he doesn't know when Rising Sun will reopen or what his insurance will cover. And two restaurants are closing on Capitol Hill. The 36-year-old Italian joint Machiavelli will close later this week. The owners say they haven't been able to fully recover since the pandemic. And Coastal Kitchen, which has been in business for more than 30 years, will close at the end of this month. The owners say it's necessary in the current landscape of the hospitality industry. Today's the 50th anniversary of the Bolt decision. This decision in 1974 affirmed the tribal treaty fishing rights of 20 tribes, an enormous turning point in Washington state law. Judge George Bolt also said the tribes should be co-managers of the fishing resources off the reservations, and that led to the establishment of the Northwest Indian Fisheries Commission. Lummi Council Secretary Lisa Wilson is the commission's vice chair now. It wasn't just the fish. It was actually the habitat that we needed to sustain those 
fish. He said to dip one's net and come up empty makes that treaty meaningless. Concern about effective conservation of dwindling resources is top of mind now. Rapid development pressure, pollution, and climate change threaten many fish stocks, but the Bolt decision remains as a legal landmark today. And finally today, some kids' news. The number of total kids in King County has dropped for the first time since the 1970s. People are having fewer kids. The Seattle Times FYI guy, Gene Balk, ran the numbers. He found there are an estimated 436,000 people here under 18. That's 20,000 less than in 2022. So imagine Climate Pledge Arena full of youth only. That's how many the county lost in two years. And if you're on Team Usher after last night's Super Bowl halftime performance, tickets for his Seattle show go on sale Friday. He's bringing his tour here November 10th. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya. See ya.